Considering the subject matter of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, the hosts recommend using discretion when allowing anyone under the age of 17 to listen. This program is specifically designed to be listened to by adults and therefore may be unsuitable for children under the age of 17. This program may contain one or more of the following, crude indecent language, graphically described violence, sensitive subject matter including controversial topics, conspiracies, religion, the occult, and death. Listener discretion is advised. On this episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, Rick and Stephen discuss the recent UFO disclosure, near-death experiences, Stephen's horrific car accident, the infamous Wendigo creature, and the haunted and terrifying Hermitage Castle in Scotland. All of that and so much more, right now on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. All right. And welcome, one and all, to another edition of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, myself, Rick Hale, ghost hunter, paranormal investigator, author, and sitting across from me, well, approximately 1,200 miles away, is uh, Stephen Lancaster. He is same as me. He's an author, ghost hunter, filmmaker. The man does it all. Hey, Stephen, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm not quite the same as you. Mm-hmm. Rick has actually been a normal person, and he has been up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally running into the studio. I literally got out of bed five minutes ago. Lucky bastard, man. Seriously, I've been up since like 5, 5.30 this morning. It's like I, I have to. So here, so here's here's my situation. I get up and I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. But the thing is with me, it's not like, you know, like every other normal person. No, I have to put a freaking limb on in order for me to go anywhere so I'm coming out of the bathroom. I got everything on. I'm trying to get my leg, you know, the um, um, what, what do we what do I call it? The uh, uh, socket into the leg. So we call it we call it effing my leg because I was like pounding it in there. But um, so yeah, so I finally get on there. I, I'm just about to pee myself. Finally get it on. Run into the bathroom and do my business. So yeah, but God. Damn, son. Noon. <laughs> Noon. Lazy. It's, it's crazy. Lazy. It's crazy. But, you know, the funny the funny thing is is the waking up thing. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was watching Fear the Walking Dead the other day, and um, it's a big nuclear fallout, okay, on this season. So they're all underground, in bunkers, stuff like that. And they're keeping track of the days, right? And, of course, for me and my wife, we're like, you know, how how the hell do they even know when it's a new day? Okay, because this has been right. going on for months, and they're keeping track of the days. There's no clocks, no calendars. You can't even tell when it's daylight. You are underground. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking logically, morning wood. There you go. There it is. Morning wood. Morning wood. I'm, I'm, curious. I'm curious about something. There's nuclear fallout in The Walking Dead. Did yes. somebody, like, do nuclear missiles to try and kill all the... Uh... 
Walking Dead or was no, it just a nuclear war? Actually, the exact opposite. Um, okay. Like, you have Walking Dead, which takes place on the East Coast. Fear of the mm-hmm. Walking Dead takes place out and around Texas. Okay. Okay. And they're two different timelines. Okay, where Walking Dead started well into the apocalypse, Fear the Walking Dead started right at the apocalypse. So it's two different timelines. They haven't met up yet. And so basically a psycho guy, because, you know, bad people still exist in this reality. People who were in prison broke out or blah, blah, blah. Well, this guy was a serial killer. Well, he's more like a doomsday cultist. Okay. And anyways, this sub now how this happened, I'll never know. But a submarine washed up onto shore mm-hmm. in Texas. Was, okay, washed up on shore in Texas, guys. Okay, it. so and which is possible, I guess. And yeah, I mean, sure. It was full of nuclear warheads. Well, this psycho had his little cult, and he decided that essentially that that God was smiting the earth. And that he wanted the human race wiped out and to start over. So this motherfucker set off the warheads. Wow. Well, the good guy group kind of stopped him when he was in the middle of it. So he didn't get all of them shot off. And they Mm -hmm. didn't go where they were supposed to. They all just kind of landed in Texas. So it's not affecting, you know, the entire United States because the whole time you're thinking, well, wouldn't this affect the people on The Walking Dead? Right, right. You know, if these missiles were shot all over the place. But no, they clarified they only landed in Texas. Okay. So this whole season, they're waiting out this nuclear fallout. Right, right. I don't know. It's kind of I don't know jumping the shark as they say. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know I, I can't watch anything that's nuclear war or anything that's apocalyptic because my genius parents allowed me to watch uh, the day after when I was like nine years old back in yeah. 1983. I did not sleep for weeks, man, because some of our some of our listeners who might be in their 20s or 30s. Don't understand this, but back in the 80s, we lived underneath constant threat of nuclear annihilation. So it's like that like that movie ruined me ever for watching any kind of apocalyptic movie, even Mad Max. Well, you know, it's like I tell people, you know, n- nuclear threats. I don't even know why we're talking about this, but nuclear threats isn't really. It's not so- <laughs> I just woke up. <laughs> uh, they're not to me. I'm not that intimidated by them just because of our technology we would know the moment one goes up into the air and it would be shot down yes it's going to have an effect but it's never going to hit its actual destination oh okay good you know what i'm saying if if korea shot one off it would never hit the united states our missiles would intercept it there's going to be some fallout, but it's not going to be as damaging as I'd like it to be. Sure. So, um, oh, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 29 of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. <laughs> I was listening to I our... said paranormal talk. I, I know. It I was said the, it today. The okay. other week you said TV. I was just listening to that episode yes, yesterday. So I occasionally okay. go back and listen to us. I don't know why, but I do. Um. I typically stop about Ghost Watch, but 
Yeah, I know you do. Anyways, we got a huge, huge announcement. Ooh. Yes, yes. It's so huge, it's huge. It's so huge, it's huge. It's huge. All right, lay it on me. Rick Hale has just started a new job. Oh, yeah, that is correct. Uh, Yesterday, I had a meeting with the core team of U.S. Paranormal Research out of Antioch, Illinois. They pretty much go throughout all of northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin, you know, sometimes into Indiana or whatever. Um, Yeah, you know, Stephen, I always said that it's like I'm never again going to join a paranormal group. You have. Because, yeah. Um, because I've had nothing but bad experiences with paranormal groups. Like the last one that I was involved in, um, I the uh, the founder of the group went into the hospital because he had to have some kind of heart surgery or whatever. So he asked me, being the most experienced person in the group, you know, if I would, you know, act as the lead investigator. So I was like acting lead investigator for about two or three months. Well, somebody in the group, said that I was trying to uh, take over the group and kick the founder and lead investigator out. <laughs> totally now, believable. Totally yeah, believable. Yeah, totally believable. Like anybody who knows me knows, knows that I have the, I am, I'm like a golden retriever, man. I'm like fiercely loyal to people that I feel deserve that loyalty mm-hmm. and respect. And when I heard that and it started spreading around this group, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I've had it. I'm never going to join another big group again. But you know what? After after going through the cancer twice, not once, but twice, and, you know, spending the last five years trying to get my body back to where it needs to be. And you're still working at that. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, But, you know, finally I decided that it's like it's time. So, yeah, I talked to Brian Meisinger. And, um, you know, I asked him, I'm like, hey, man, can I join? And went, went there, he went to his house yesterday and joined up. Well, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, was there an interview process? Like, what questions were you asked? Did you take oh, a resume? No, no. I mean, you know, I, 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 they asked me, you know, what is my experience? And, I, you know, I laid out everything that I've done, you know, going back to um, first, you know, getting my interest going back in 1982 to my first investigation in 1991 and you know going over my books going over ghost tapes too uh going over host uh, co-hosting this show um all that kind of stuff and uh you know they they took it all down and you know they said that they're going to look at it and everything and uh yeah you know i was asked you know various questions like you know what is what is your style are you a team player are you this that and the other thing and it's like yeah i'm all those things so they uh, said, hey, they're like, hey, man, welcome aboard. So, you know, I really want to have Brian Meisinger on the show because not only is he a paranormal investigator, he is also a uh, first responder. He's a oh, firefighter. Awesome. Para- yeah, the firefighter paramedic for uh, Wheeling, Illinois, which is um, a suburb about 20 miles north of Chicago. So, yeah, I really want to have him on. Like, he's a fascinating dude. Well, you know, speaking of resumes and the paranormal, uh, mm-hmm. You know, when I started the pit crew, uh, it was just, it started uh, just as me and Ryan. And right. when, this was at the time when just 
waves of investigations were coming in to where two guys just couldn't keep up with it or, or bigger scale investigations like the battleship stuff like that where you need more people sure. um, to essentially cover cover the entire property and uh, so I put on the website you know that I was going to start expanding the team well this guy Kevin McCray responded in an email then I talked mm-hmm. with him on the phone so professional so professional and he, he requested an interview, and I said, well, yeah, sure. I said, you know, I'm in Myrtle Beach. Where are you? And at the time, he was about six and a half hours away. Oh, and, that's quite a haul. Okay, but he was moving oh, to South Carolina. So okay. I said, uh, well, do you want to wait until you move to talk? Or he said, no, no, we'll, I'll come talk to you. So he shows up, resume in hand, no joke. Hey. Like like an actual an resume actual on paper. Resume. And That's I impressive. tell this yes, I tell this story all the time and it blew me away. And at, at the time he was probably forty eight years old and I was twenty nine. Okay. Oh, okay. And, and but what attracted me to Kevin and he's still one of my research colleagues to this day, um, was his professionalism, uh, what he would bring to the table, former military you know, and that was the thing with assembling my team. I wanted each person to have different attributes, the carpenter, mm-hmm. the electrician, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Right, right. And uh, so, yeah, I hired him, I guess, as you would say. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll never forget that, man, homeboy showing up with a resume. That's amazing. You know, but um, right now, uh, U.S. Paranormal, they're going through some restructuring. They've had some people leave. Uh, you know, going on to other things or they just can't really dedicate the time that they need anymore. So they're right now they're doing some restructuring. So it's like I'm 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 happy to be part of that restructuring. Oh, that's awesome, man. And, you know, this day and age, you can't be too careful. We've talked about it before on this show, you know, with doing background checks on the people mm-hmm. that you work with, you know, because mm-hmm. you can't just be any geek off the street. You know, you can't just somebody says hey i want to join your team and yeah on the surface they may look great but are they going to be stealing from the client you know are they a uh, you know a pedophile you know you got to look this mm. stuff up you know because ultimately oh, it comes yeah. back on you right and and you and you have heard stories of that fairly recently of people finding out that somebody in their group is a pedophile and targeting you know the children in the family or whatever mm-hmm. that that's just that that is horrific to say the least. I mean, yes, yeah, stealing from a client's house, you know, that's not great. But having like an actual pedophile targeting your client's kids, now that that, that, that makes not just you, but everybody look bad. Word. So what do we got for today, Rick? I know you're doing another year of a bit. Oh, guys, I just woke up. <laughs> Rick is doing another ghosty watch. And yes. I know we've talked about what we're doing today. I we know, have. I know we did. I haven't so, had enough caffeine yet. Okay. All right. So, so on Ghost Watch, we're going to be uh, I'm, we're, we're going to be paying a visit to Scotland, uh, Roxburghshire, Scotland's Hermitage Castle. Like this is, without a doubt, one of the darkest haunts, and not just in the United Kingdom, but anywhere. Uh, we got blood, we got sex, we got magic, we got... Hermits. All sorts of terrible Hermit crabs. Stuff. <laughs> Hermit crabs. And, Stephen, we're going to be talking about the creature of the week. What do you got for us? Oh, yes. The Wendigo. 
the Wendigo. Yes, you know, we couldn't have uh, thought of, a, you know, there's a new movie coming out called Antlers. And, there, right. and it looks more of a bigger budget horror flick um, about a mythological or cryptozoological creature that is actually very popular. And uh, there have been a lot of films attempt to do that story about the Wendigo. And, sure. Uh, so we're going to talk about that today. And uh, yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give my opinion on the Wendigo because I have a uh, um, kind of a different take on the Wendigo. I don't actually see it as a cryptid, but we'll talk more about that when we, uh, you know, when we talk about the Wendigo or the Wendigo, however you want to pronounce it. And you know, we're going to talk about something that we've never talked about before on this show, and okay. that is near-death experiences. These people who have died came back and said they, uh, you know, they have a story to tell or, or, right. or these stories where, and, and you know, our guest last week kind of touched base on one that mm-hmm. may have been what triggered this in me. Um, but she had said that, uh, she would see somebody as a ghost before they actually died. Mm-hmm. And I have heard this many times, many times. Oh yeah. And so have I. So, so we're going to talk about that. So look, guys, we're going to take our whoa, first hey, whoa, break. Whoa, 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 whoa. We, got, Rick's, we got one more Rick's thing. Got one more thing. We got one more thing. Remember the article that I sent you? Oh yes, we're talking the oh, UFOs. Yes, the yes, UFOs. we're talking the, the UFOs. Yeah, and apparently it would seem that the spy master of the United States, the person that is in charge of all the intelligence in the United States, is now saying that. The UFOs that our people are seeing could very well be alien. Which we knew that. I mean, come on. Of course we knew that. But it's finally, it's a a great thing that somebody is finally admitting to it. Yes. When the Thighmaster says it, you listen. The Thighmaster. (laughs) No, wait, that's Suzanne Summers, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, look, guys, we're going to take our first break. Uh, It may be 10, 15 minutes. I'm probably going to take a nap. And then uh, when we get back, what do you want to start with first, Rick? Um, you know what? I'm really dying to start with this uh, alien story, talking about this article and what the uh, United States spy master, not spy master, has to say about it. Okay, guys. So check out this commercial. You're listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, episode 29. We will be right back. Are you a fan of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk? Leave the hosts a review and your thoughts on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Music, Ghana, Jayasab, or wherever you enjoy the show. We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Rick and Steven. So, you know, Steven, I've mentioned this on the show in the past. I am not, by any means, a conspiracy theory guy. Like, I don't, I don't believe that the government is necessarily out to get us. I do believe that we went to the moon. I don't believe that they're spraying us with, you know, chemicals in the sky, the whole chemtrail thing and i i don't believe anybody is watching me or listening to me because seriously i don't either not, yeah i i'm like i'm like not that important but there is one i guess 
we call it conspiracy theory for lack of a better term, that I do believe it. And that is, I do believe that the government, our government, as well as the governments of the world, hide the um, reality of extraterrestrials and UFOs from us and, and their, their visitations to this world. Would you agree? I do agree. And, and before you get uh, rolling with this, I do want to say something. Okay. okay. And I'm going to be very careful how I say this. Yes. Please um, be careful. I have to disagree a little bit with you, Rick, because I have quite a few brothers, and when I mean brothers, just people I'd take one for, man, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that were former military, uh, some of of which are colleagues that I work with, some of which my best friend, Alan, Mm -hmm. um, I know for a fact now, 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 you said, you know, I agree with you with most of everything you just said in your little introduction there. Sure. But there is a watch list for people. Okay, now, they're, they're, they're not, uh, what's, what's the way to, okay, yeah, these things aren't going on. Yes, we landed on the moon, stuff like that. But there is an agency, which I'm not going to say their name. I'll tell you off the air. Um, okay. Just because I'm not. <laughs> okay. I, I. Golly. I, there's so much. I'll tell you most of it off the air. But one of my good buddies, um, mm-hmm. he was former Air Force. Firm believer in the paranormal, man. The stories this guy told me. Because he toured the earth. You know what I'm saying? Be, being sure, in the military. Sure. And he would tell me ghost story after ghost story of his time in Europe. And, and the things that he saw in Scotland, man. And. Anyways, he educated me on this watch list. And sure as shit, my name, as of 2010, my name was on this. Yes, my name was on this list. Alan's name was. Now, this is a list of thousands of people, okay? It wasn't like three people and Lancaster was one of them. You know, (laughs) it, it was me and Alan, a few other people that I know out there in paranormal world. Mm-hmm. Thousands of other people, I have no clue what they do, okay? But there is a watch list of people, for what reason, it's all just, wherever it takes your mind, man, as to why. Is it because these people are close to something? Is it, mm-hmm. is it because they're influential? Is it, you know, you know what I'm saying? What, what, Why? Did they come close to uncovering something and they're being watched to make sure that it doesn't get uncovered? But there is an actual list, man, that the government watches of people in the paranormal. I swear to you. I, I, I must swear not, to you. I must. You know what? I am I am going to take your word for it because I know that you're not going to bullshit me and no. you're an honest guy. And I, but, I, I, the stories I'll tell you off air... It's going to blow your mind because I, I got to see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. And there there was there were ways this was proven to me. OK. All right. Well, hey, all right. I must not be on it. So I'm good with that. So well, I didn't say that. <laughs> so after uh, Stephen's mad, mad ravings here, let's uh, go with this article. I'm going to read the article. Mad man. It's not a long article, but it, it's it's very important. So. 
alien bombshell. I, I can't say how people say that, but whatever. Um, UFOs buzzing U.S. warships may be aliens, as encounters show, something we don't understand, something we don't understand, says America's top spy chief. Avril Haines, the director of national intelligence, who oversees all 16 U.S. spy agencies, including the FBI and the CIA, was speaking at the Our Future in Space event at the Washington National Cathedral, which is a beautiful building, by the Mm -hmm. way. We recently saw it this last summer. Um, Ms. Haynes was quizzed about UFOs, which have become a serious national security debate in the U.S. after years of being consigned to the dustbin of conspiracy theories. The stunning UAP task force report, published by the Pentagon over the summer, admitted there have been unexplained encounters between the U.S. military and mystery objects such as the infamous Tic Tac. And while the report, which analyzed 144 sightings, did not explicitly spell out a possible alien connection, it did not rule it other or either. Wait, let me read that. It did not rule it other either as the mystery continues. I, I think that they must have like uh, they got something wrong there. They didn't use Grammarly. Yeah, they didn't use it. Uh, Miss Haynes appeared to crack the door open even further for a possible alien link at the event where she spoke alongside NASA Chief Bill Nelson, a leading expert, Professor Abby Loeb, and, I don't know, for whatever reason, the world's second richest man, Jeff Bezos. Now, i got to be honest with you, I think that's like throwing some serious shade on Jeff Bezos <laughs> You're the second. Second richest man. Screw you, Bezos. Um, And she admitted there remains things about the strange encounters which the intelligence community simply does not understand, highlighting the need for more investigation. The main issues that Congress and others have been concerned about is the safety of flight concerns and counterintelligence issues. Always, there is also the question of is there something else that we simply do not understand, which can come more, which might come extraterrestrially? She said, "Miss Haynes appeared to hesitate when mentioning the word extraterrestrially." So I'm going to leave it right there, okay? Because actually, this is a little bit longer than I remember reading it initially. So now we have the very person that is in charge of all the of all of our spy networks saying. You know what, guys? It's not really a conspiracy theory. These things are really out there buzzing our military as well as people are seeing them. So it's like, in my opinion, they need to go back and say, I'm sorry to all the people that they called completely insane over the years. Because if anything, this says that our government is now saying these things may not be of this world. Yeah. And, and I mean, you can really break it down literally using common sense, okay? Sure. We, we, we just talked about this in the first segment about nuclear warheads. Mm-hmm. We would know the instant a nuclear warhead has been fired, a missile. We would know instantly. Why would we know instantly? No, right. Because we monitor all this stuff. Yeah. Well, so, I understand there is actually a grid Yes. That goes all the way up into the atmosphere 
over the United States. And they know, at NORAD, the second something enters into our airspace. Dude, if, if you get into a, we, we have a, a kind of like a little small airport up the street here. You know, mm-hmm. it, I call them the little uh, death planes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but, you know, if one of those bastards flies into uh, airspace that they're not supposed to be into, they are instantly contacted. Instantly. Right. Okay. The, our airspace is constantly monitored. Right. Constantly. So that's how you break it down in a simple way that we know everything that's in the air. So mm-hmm. if, if, it's, if it's not one of ours, what is then it? And whose is it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. 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 And, and this, this Tic Tac video that that um that avril haynes talks about is quite possibly one of the most astonishing videos that i've ever seen like this craft was the shape of a of of like the tic tac the 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 uh the breath freshener and there these fighter pilots are following this thing for hundreds of miles watching it do aerial acrobatics that there is that nothing on this planet can possibly do. And that's not the only one. There have been many more uh, where our military or, or commercial pilots or, you know, with uh, and also private citizens who are like, I'm seeing some weird shit flying around in the sky. And we have been seeing it for thousands of years. Humans have been seeing it for thousands of years. You know, I was on the news because of a UFO once. <clears throat> yeah. Tell us about it. Tell us about it, Stephen. Are you still asleep there, buddy? No, it was. I I didn't know if you'd known or it was even something to talk about. Um, No, this was back. Yeah, I'll have to send you the news clip. This was back in maybe 2011, 2012. It goes back to that whole. uh, There's a list of people. Okay, (laughs) so there there was a UFO sighting um, in Myrtle Beach. Uh, where a whole neighborhood saw this thing. Well, one of the guys, uh, the reporter, uh, I want to say, uh, Mark Meredith was his name. Uh, really, yeah, really good. Okay. I've actually heard of him. Yeah, yeah, and um, real nice guy, real nice guy. He actually um, he followed my paranormal team one night on an investigation in Georgetown, and cool. uh, kind of filmed the whole thing. He wanted to experience what actual real paranormal researchers did. And he did a three and a half minute segment on, on the news that followed my team, which was pretty cool. But um, cool. <clears throat> anyways, uh, so he calls me up and he says, uh, is this Stephen Lancaster, paranormal investigator? I said, yeah. And he said, look, I'm doing this uh, segment on the UFO that was seen uh, in Myrtle Beach. And I want to bring a professional on to kind of counteract, you know, get get an, an opinion of the footage. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. This is different yeah. for the news. You know, usually it would be, uh, here are the people who said they saw it. Here's their stories. Ooh, ah, the end. But and they don't take wants, it seriously. Right. He wanted to bring me on to either prove or disprove or just give some insight. So it was kind of neat. We met up and um, I looked at the video. And I, the take, you know, the way I kind of presented it uh, during the news segment was, it's hard to say. 
really? You know, is it a real UFO? Is it not? I said, the problem, and I think I even put it exactly like this, is like any teenager with with video software can make this happen. You know, I even said something like that. I said, that's the problem. Because we started mm-hmm. talking about these apps that actually put UFOs in videos and, you know, stuff Same like thing that. with ghost pictures. <laughs> right, know. exactly. And I said, that's the problem with video. You know, but yeah, yeah, I was on the news for for a UFO once. Um, I I had a sighting once. Um, it was I think it was back in it was it was back in 1999, and I was coming out of work late one night. I, I worked security at this um, uh, corporate building in Lincolnshire, Illinois, and um, I'm leaving from work, and then all of a sudden I see like this this bright light up in the sky, and it just starts coming down it's like descending and i'm like i don't hear anything like there's no noise that this light is making so i know that it's not a helicopter i would know a helicopter when i see one or hear one and uh because we get helicopters all the time around here traffic helicopters so this thing it gets closer and then i notice that it is it's a vehicle about the size of a car and you know, I'm feeling a little, little weird and a little woozy, and then all of a sudden it's gone. No, <laughs> now I was just getting off work, and all of a sudden it's gone. Now I wasn't, yeah. Now I wasn't, I wasn't abducted or anything like that. There was no like, you know, weird time differential or whatever. But um, I, I'm still not sure what I saw. Like when I see a ghost, I could say that's a ghost. I've right. just seen a ghost. But when I see something like that, my brain just says, I'm not sure what I just saw. Yeah. So as of yet, unexplained to myself, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, so it's like, I, you know, there are so many people who have had so many sightings over the years. And now they're finally admitting that, you know what, we really don't know what this is. And it may not be from this world. Yeah. So kudos for them. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And I, I like you just kind of alluded to earlier, you know, I think it's now there are some conspiracy nuts out there. Let me tell you. Um, but I think it, it is almost like an apology because I've been joked at, I've been laughed at, you know, like, sure. Oh, you have too, you know, Oh, I, ghost I hunting. laugh at you every week. So, you know, <laughs> but, but it's like, finally, you know, it's like, okay, maybe these people weren't wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's going to be, you know, misidentification. There's going to be seeing something that is completely natural. But when you have a nuts and bolts craft coming down out of the sky right in front of you or your car, or you're seeing a nuts and bolts craft up in the sky, you know, like a few hundred feet up, you know, it's pretty obvious that you're not misidentifying something. You're seeing something real. Now, how about this, Rick, before we end this segment? How about the difference between now and then? Because when you think about um, historically, mm-hmm. the the UFO site, okay, obviously Roswell being the biggest. 19, sure. What was that, 1947? Yeah. Uh, then then you had, um, oh, their, name, their names escape me. Um, Betty and the, Barney Hill? Betty and Barney Hill. You had, had them. Um, 
You, you, you had the guy in Canada uh, again. Well, it's can- Canadian. That's probably why I, I put it out of my mind. But, you know, these were decades and decades and decades ago. Right. You don't hear about stuff like that anymore. Mm-mm. You know no, what I'm really saying? Don't. These you really don't hear vi- too much about abductions. Right. These really vivid stories with with, with evidence or, or supposed evidence and all this. You just don't, it seems like that's all just like historic stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, like the, like, you know, the, uh, the Betty and Barney Hill story, for example, that is one I absolutely believe because it's, it was the early sixties, man. And they were a biracial couple and that was frowned upon heavily at that time. So they were really putting themselves out there for a lot of trouble because of that. You know, that's, that's why I love you, Rick. You know what? I, I did a UFO show last year. Maybe it was this year. And when we were talking about Betty and Barney Hill, that was my exact, pretty much what you just said. I said, you know, mm-hmm. that that leads me to believe them. Right. Because if they're willing to put their heads out there, already being judged. Yeah. You yeah. know, that leads me to believe there's some credibility to what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you have to take all that into account. I mean, everything. It's, you know, credibility is everything to people like you and I. So, yeah, so there's, you know, so there you have it. It looks like our government is finally saying we don't know what these things are and they could be alien. So, what do you want to do now, Stephen? We could do like one of your things, I guess. Well, you know what? Let's take a break. (laughs) And when when we come back, let's talk about the near-death experiences. You know, because, again, these are things that just have kind of trickled off. It makes me think of my little book collection back here. You know, mm-hmm. and, and all these stories um, from back in the day of people who said they saw this, that, or the other thing. And uh, anyways, yeah, let's talk about that. So okay, let's do that. You guys check out these commercials, and we will be right back. Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk is now available on iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and many more. To contact the hosts... Visit www.shadowinitiativetv.com or email them at shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. She's alive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to episode 29. Oh, man, we're rounding the corner, Rick. Almost to the big 3 The big 3 man. I, you know what? I, I, am, I am so pleasantly surprised that this has lasted as long as it has. It bothers me that you keep saying that. <laughs> no, you know, because, because these – no, let's face it, man. These kind of shows, they come and they go. But – when you got a couple of guys like us who are heavily experienced in this field, you know, yeah, it's like we're we're we're, we're going to take this, we're going to run with it, and we're going to make it long term. Yeah, and you you always have somebody who's discovering it for the first time, sure, and then all sure. of a sudden, well, hey, I got thirty episodes to catch up on, you know, <laughs> which you can do at Facebook.com/slash Welcome to the Initiative. We haven't been very active on there recently, but we're going to change that. 
and uh, ShadowInitiativeTV.com, especially if you want to watch our first season with video. So you video. can see the gray fox of the paranormal live and in color. The self-proclaimed world's sexiest ghost hunter. So, the sleepyhead ghost hunter. Um, So, near-death experiences, Rick. I'm going to break some people's hearts today. Okay. Um, how, What are your thoughts on it? Like, people who have died and come back. Do you know anybody personally, or have you, you heard a personal story? I, I, I have not. I've, I've talked to a few people that um, I believe had an out-of-body experience, my son being one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had to have um, a, like a minor procedure a couple of years ago. And while underneath the, um, the anesthesia, he claims and he calls it his experience mm-hmm. that he was outside of his body watching them do what they were doing to him on, uh, on the table. He had to have, you know, he, he was having some tummy troubles. So they put, you know, a camera down there you know, th- th- through his throat and, and to see what was going on. Um, so yeah, I believe, I, I do believe in the out of body experience. I worked with a gentleman who had regular, out-of-body experiences but i've never met anybody that's had a a near-death experience well you know it's interesting i'll throw this out there real quick on the out-of-body thing i was reading a uh a report on a scientific study that was done i want to say in the 60s or 70s at Mm -hmm. hartford and what they did is they they had they monitored people in different rooms and they monitored everything in the room everything the temperature everything and obviously this was being filmed and they would know if the person got up out of bed blah 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 blah. long story short because this is a show all in itself long story short one of the patients (laughs) if you want to call him that or one of the participants let's say um the the uh controlled experiment was there was a bookshelf in the room okay one of the doctors put on top of the bookshelf a piece of paper with a six-digit number written on it. Yeah, I've heard of this. Okay, and this woman was monitored all night long. The next day, they asked her if she came out of her body, and she said yes. And they asked her, could you tell us what was on top of that bookshelf? And she recited that six-digit number. Yeah, there was also an experiment done back, I think it was late 19th century, early 20th century, where they you know, actually believe that they weighed the soul at 21 grams as it left the body. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about that 100%. I'll have to look that up. Well, the 21 grams theory has kind of been blown out a proportion a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the call it weigh in the soul. That's just the, uh, the electricity that's in your body and the air and that's in your body. So when you die... Sure. That air, because air has weight, and the electricity, everything's gone. So, of course, you lose 21 grams. Oh, well, there you go. All right. So, yeah. Eat that yeah. science. Um, In your face. Near-death experiences. Now, you've heard these stories from people uh, that they, I don't know why they call them near-death, because they die. <laughs> yeah. So, you, it's you were not dead. Really near you were dead. Experience. You came back. <laughs> that wasn't near death. You died. Um, I'll tell you mine. And, and you had one. Oh yes. And, and, oh wow. Uh, it's taken me a long time. I, uh, I I don't know if I've ever told you about my situation when it comes to driving. 
You have not. Okay. Uh, I was in a horrible car accident in 2014. Do you remember this? No. I will have to send you the pictures of this car. Okay. Okay, I was driving to Oak Island to see one of my colleagues, research colleagues. Mm -hmm. And to get to Oak Island, you're driving a strip of road where the ocean's on both sides. Okay, the Atlantic Ocean's on both sides. No, thank you. (laughs) Okay, I'm going, okay, 90 miles an hour. I was the only one on the highway. This was super early in the morning. Well, the front right wheel, tire, Mm -hmm. whatever, came off. Oh, shit, son. All right. going that fast, it caused the car to turn sideways. Yeah. And flip down that road seven times. Wow. Leaving destruction in its wake. Okay, now I, in my book, uh, Dark Spirits, (laughs) for those of you out there, this chapter. Shameless self-promotion. This chapter is called Synchronicity. I couldn't figure, what's funny is, I couldn't figure out how to end this book. And I had ended it with my near-death, death experience. And um, the interesting thing about it is, the day before was when I was supposed to go. But I didn't. For Mm -hmm. one reason or another, I was held back. The next day is when I went and had this accident. Now, the day before, friends of mine that that I I was close to on Facebook were all putting similar posts up. Like, they feel something terrible is about to happen. They they just got this uneasy feeling. I had friends telling me, like, giving me hugs and actually saying, dude, I don't know why, but I feel like this is the last time I'm ever going to see you. That's not comforting, dude. Why the hell would you say something like that? You know? Right. But this is the truth. And they can back it. Scary shit. Yeah, they can back this all up. So I'm driving. I remember it vividly. I was listening to Van Halen. It was hot for teacher. I had it cranked, man. Those drums. You know, man, I'm just jamming, dude. And that wheel comes off. It was shitty music. And that car. Fuck you. That car (laughs) rolls seven times. It lands okay. on the driver's side. I am hanging out the passenger side. Oh my God. Yes. So I'm coming back. Okay. As I'm coming back, it's like muffled. Like people are talking through a wall. And I start to focus. <clears throat> and there's this woman. Are you okay? Are you okay? She's in my face. And. I start, like, looking around. Dude, I had glass all in my arms, blood everywhere. Okay, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, I'm finally real, and I'm looking back, and I just see all this destruction down the highway. Luckily, there was no other car on the road, and nobody else was involved. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm telling this woman, I'm like, yeah, they were coming the other way and saw it happen. So they stopped to come help me. Yeah, which, you know, there, there's a little note. To, yeah, there's a little note to them in the book and a note to uh, Lee Smith for putting up with me, the uh, paramedic. <laughs> I'll tell you that story real quick. So Lee, we, Lee, Lee, so many of us have to do that. Lee Smith. And uh, well, so I'm trying to get up out of the car. You know me. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm trying. And she's like, no, you don't know if you've got anything internal. You you got to just stay right there. Next thing I know, here's the fire trucks. 
the police, everything. And they actually used the jaws of life to get me out of it, okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, shit, my hat. This hat, you know, my fedora. And and I was like, I'm not going anywhere without that hat. So uh, one of the guys grabs the hat and gives it to me. They're walking me over to the ambulance, and I get into the back of the ambulance. Wait a second. You walked to the ambulance yes. after having a horrific accident. Yes, like dude. This, I'm telling you, man. This Damn, is, man, you're a superhero, ain't This you? is insane. This is Bruce Willis type shit, and I even make that joke. So I get in into the ambulance. They're cutting my clothes off. I mean, blood and glass. I mean, I'm literally picking glass out of my arms and, mm-hmm. and piling it up on my stomach. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Lee, super nice guy, man, young guy. He, he's just like, uh, are you okay? <laughs> and, and I said, I don't know. I think I'm on pure adrenaline right now. He's like, well, how do you feel? And I was like, honestly, man, I feel like I just walked out of all three fucking Die Hard movies. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. literally exactly what I said to him. And I said, oh, shit, my leather bag, man, it's in the car. I said, I'm not going anywhere without that. My glasses had fallen off. There was no finding those, okay? Yeah. Um, So he ran back to my car, got my bag, comes back. And I call my mom with his cell phone, lets me use his cell phone. I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know I was in an accident. And I guess I'm okay, (laughs) you know? And, uh... And, of course, I start messing with Lee, and she goes, well, what are they doing right now? Because my mom is retired from the medical field. And um, Mm -hmm. I said, well, right now, Lee's kind of touching me in all these spots. I think it's sexual harassment. You know, I'm making all these jokes, so I'm like my normal self, you know. Long story short, man, I get, get to the hospital. The sheriff tells me that in his 25 years, he has never seen anybody walk away from something like that. They all fully expected whoever was in that vehicle to be dead. Okay. Do you know why, Stephen? Because the fates had to keep you alive to annoy the shit out of me every week. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, so I'm at the hospital. They do, dude, you can't make this up. It's all on record. Every test in the world, CAT scan, uh, x-rays, did not have a single broken bone. Okay. That's remarkable. I was released. The the guy I was going to meet, Eddie, the guy I was mm-hmm. going to meet, um, he couldn't figure out why I hadn't arrived at his house. So he got in his car because he got this bad feeling. And he starts driving kind of backwards, like, you know, the way I should have been coming, and he saw the car. Yeah. So he went to the closest hospital, thinking that's where they took it, cause, you know. So... Um, he shows up, lies to him, says he's my brother, so he can get back there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they released me in four hours. Four hours. Wow. I And they just said, look, for the next two weeks, you're going to feel like you got hit by a Mack truck. And they weren't fucking lying, dude. I was laid up in, dude, I, <clears throat> I mean, purple, black, and blue all over, man for two weeks it, it was rough stuff but the okay. point the point i'm getting at is yeah and, where's where's the nde is for two and a half minutes is what they said i was gone now the oh. ba- now the bad news is i didn't see anything i remember the exact moment rick mm-hmm. when that car turned 
made, I remember vividly the first two flips and I can remember, it was like slow motion in my mind. I look out that window and see the ocean because mm-hmm. if that car would have went any other direction instead of straight, it would have went right into the ocean and I'd have been dead for yeah. permanently. <laughs> right. Right. You know, there, because I got, you know, and I remember that second I went black. And it all just went black. There was nothing. No light at the end of the tunnel. No life flashing before my eyes. There was absolutely nothing. Now that Well, could, maybe that's because you didn't die. Maybe you just passed out. That could be. That could be. Or maybe it's just because it wasn't my time. You know? Yeah, like exactly. I was coming back, you know, or, or whatever. But it took me six years Mm-hmm. To get behind the wheel again. It took that long, dude. I had such a PTSD that, that it, it was, I know it drove my wife crazy. Because mm-hmm. when I'm in the car, dude, if somebody even start pulling out in front of us, man, I, I'm, I'd tense up, you know, like. I kind of do the same thing. Total PTSD. And, and recently this year, I've started driving again. And that's a major step for me. I mean, six years it took, man. Good for you. I'm glad to see that you're, you know, driving again. That's fantastic. But yeah, I, you know, it's like I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't there obviously, but it to me it just sounds like you passed out. Most people, when you hear about NDEs, they have like these, you know, huge dramatic experiences. I, I saw this, I mean, that, that, that movie Soul that recently came out, I think it was last year on Disney. You know, the guy had the near-death experience. Um. But yeah, you hear like, I saw my grandmother, I saw my, my brother, I saw this light, I saw this, you know, the angels in heaven, and you even have people that are like, oh man, I saw what hell looks like. Um, yeah, so it's like you usually have these huge uh, dramatic experiences. Yeah, but yeah, that, that, I don't know, man, there was a purpose there, and, and I'm not saying it was a higher power, I'm not saying there was an angel on my shoulder, um, mm-hmm. Golly, man! When I send you the pictures, it's gonna blow your damn mind. Because, because typically, this is the first year I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. This accident happened three days ago. Okay, in two thousand fourteen, it was on eleven eleven <laughs> of all <laughs> fucking days. Right. And so that's how I never forget it. And every year, I usually make a post about it and show the pictures. And this year, I didn't. I just let it be. It's time to. To move on from it. Good. But well, yeah. I, I, you know what, man? I'm glad that you are moving on, and I'm glad that you are now driving again. But, um, you know, as far as NDEs are, I, I've, I've never had never, never known anybody who has had one. But it is a huge area of research in parapsychology mm-hmm. and psychical research. Um, you know, you have every, you know, everybody from, um, you know, the guy's who created the SPR to uh, J.B. Ryan, who have studied near-death experiences, and they all seem to sound the same. So, but you said something about seeing ghosts. Yes. Now, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. I, I, ha- I have heard of people who are terminally ill and they're believed not to make it, but somehow do, and they say that while they were laying in bed, they could, you know, see or smell or hear uh relatives coming to visit them you know comforting them 
I've heard quite a few stories. Um, the two that really stick out to me uh, was one that was a personal friend of mine from back home in Maryland. And she said she got a phone call from her mother mm-hmm. and talked to her for a little bit, hung up, you know, and then a few hours later, she gets a phone call that her mother's dead. Phone and, calls from the dead. Very, yes. very common. And and the times didn't match up. Like, in other words, she had already been dead when she supposedly got this phone call. So, you know, right. that one was always interesting. And I heard another one where um, the, the, the person actually claimed that I, I can't remember who it was, whether it was her father, grandfather, somebody came over to their house. And knocked on the door and, and just said, hey, you know, just wanted to stop by, blah, blah, whatever, in and out. And then they come to find out that he had died the night before. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting stuff to me. I, I had a similar experience. Um, um, myself, my wife, my sister-in-law, we were having dinner at a restaurant in, uh, in Chicago called Quarantino's. My brother was in from uh, Arizona. And... Um, while we were sitting at the table, all of a sudden I feel what, you know, somebody walks up behind me and it feels like the person feels very familiar. You know how like, you know, when somebody walks into a room, you're just like, oh, hey, I know this person. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, such and such a person. And this person was very confused, like they couldn't understand what was going on. And then all of a sudden it was over. They were gone. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not psychic or anything like that by any means. So about 20 minutes later, we leave the restaurant and we're just kind of walking around. We're getting ready to go um, to a club. And I get a call from my aunt. And my grandfather just passed away. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I really honestly believe that that was my grandfather coming to say goodbye. Um, the reason that he was confused was my grandfather uh, suffered from um, Alzheimer's. And, um, you know, that's an experience that I will take with me for the rest of my life. Well, you know, I, I got one and I, I don't. The only reason I say it's related to my grandmother is because nothing else ever happened at this particular house. Um, mm-hmm. In 98, I was living in a little town called Eckert in maryland and this house was fucking huge man like it was a steel old mm-hmm. old house man a house you'd love to have okay like it at, was... at, 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 at a low price haunted but yeah well yeah okay so i used to refer to it as the scary old house in eckert because it just it just exuberated that kind of feeling when you looked at it, but it was so big, and this Something was my kind of place. This was back during the landlines, okay? So we mm-hmm. had a telephone all the way down in the den of this house. So when you go to bed, that phone can be ringing and ringing and ringing, you'd never hear it. Sure. Okay. So I'm kind of giving you a prelude here. So that day, um, my guitar player, Mike Miller's over. We usually rehearse that, that particular day. It was a Sunday. And uh, we're all just kind of hanging out in the living room. And we hear this racket in the basement. Now, there was nothing in this basement. Nothing. We didn't store anything down there. We never. The only time you'd ever go down there is if the lights went out and you went to check a breaker, right? 
Yeah, we had that same thing in our house. Nothing down there. You wouldn't even want to be down there. It's just a dusty, old, dirty basement. And we all hear it, and we're like, somebody's fucking down in the basement. So, like, Mm -hmm. I grab a hammer. My my buddy Mike grabs a hatchet. You know, we're, like, grabbing. Because we literally think there is a person, not a ghost, a person. So I open that basement door, and the stairs go straight down. And there's a light switch on the left. You flip it, and it lights up down there. No mm-hmm. shit. Him and I are standing at the top of the steps, and we see the shadow of a person on the on the floor walking away. And we're like, fuck, somebody is in this house. You know what I'm saying? Again, not thinking ghost. This somebody yeah. is literally down there. So we go down there armed with our hammer and hatchet. And, dude, we the basement wasn't all that big. And there was nobody there. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Okay, all this banging, see the shadow, nobody there. Long story short, later that night, my phone, my house line is ringing, 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 ringing. Never heard it. Never heard it. The next morning I get up in the kitchen, phone rings again. I answer it. It's my dad. And he's like, I have been trying to call you all night. I want to let you know your grandmother passed away. Oh. Now, I don't know if the two are tied... Because mm-hmm. nothing ever happened in that house, supernatural, except for that. And it just happened yeah. to be on the same night that she died. So I don't know. Wow. Well, all right. Could be. So when we come back, Rick, what do you want to hit up? Uh, let's do Ghost Watch, and then I get, and we'll, uh, we'll end it on um, the Wendigo. The Wendigo. All right, my friend and my other friends out there that are listening to us, unfortunately. Uh, we will be right back with Ghost Watch about the hermit and his crabs in Scotland and, the, and a great discussion about the legendary Wendigo. So stick around. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. Every castle in the United Kingdom has a story to tell. They have all been the setting for tales of love, loss, war, and peace. This could very well explain why so many castles are haunted by supernatural entities long since dead. There is one castle that stands heads and shoulders above the rest, Roxburghshire, Scotland's Hermitage Castle, a castle that has been a place of mysterious death and unspeakable bloody crimes that has forever tainted the very foundations on which it stands. Not only is it considered Scotland's most haunted castle, it is believed to be cursed by something dark, something deadly. Constructed in the 13th century, Hermitage Castle was built as a border fortress near Newcastleton, Roxburghshire, to protect Scotland from marauding invaders. In its centuries of existence, the castle changed hands several times between the Scottish and their neighbors to the south, England. With each lord who laid claim to the castle, they either died under mysterious circumstances 
or went mad and killed themselves. The history of death has led many to believe something dark may have cursed this castle. Hermitage is a castle believed to hold many secrets, and to go along with those secrets, many lost souls forced to walk its crumbling corridors for all time. Visitors who come to see the castle all seem to leave with stories of encounters with the ghosts that haunt it. And if the stories are to be believed, not a single one is pleasant by any means. One of the most active phantoms of Hermitage Castle is the Sheriff of Tividdale, Alexander Ramsey. Ramsey was a lawman who took his job very seriously and executed his duties well, almost too well for Sir William Douglas, the lord of the castle. Douglas was under suspicion of being in league with Lucifer and practicing black magic, a charge in that day that could bring swift death. One day, Sheriff Ramsey got a little too close to the secret life Douglas was trying to protect. Discovering the lawman spying on him, Douglas had him seized and thrown into the rat-infested dungeon. Sheriff Ramsey eventually went mad and died of starvation. To this day, visitors to the castle have heard the unmistakable sound of a man screaming from the underbelly of this ancient castle, while others have reported seeing the emaciated apparition of Alexander Ramsey lurking about the lower areas of the castle. Of all the ghosts believed to haunt Hermitage Castle, its most famous is none other than Mary, Queen of Scots. According to legend, Mary rode from Jedburgh to Hermitage Castle in one day, a distance of 50 miles. Her lover, Lord Bothwell, was mortally wounded in battle, and she raced to be at his side before he passed to the great hereafter. The apparitions of the lovers are seen walking hand in hand on the castle's grounds. One other ghost haunts this border castle, so and so happens to be its most loathsome, Scotland's most notorious serial killer, the wicked Lord DeSoulis. While in possession of the castle, DeSoulis was quite the party boy. Loud, raucous parties that stretched into the wee hours of the night were frequently heard coming from the castle. Although his parties were attended by people who suffered from the same lack of moral compass as DeSoulis, the lord of the castle had an horrific secret, one of pure evil. On one of the rare nights he didn't throw a party, DeSoulis was in the great hall conducting strange rituals. When the ritual was completed, the wicked lord accomplished the reason for it. He summoned Robin Redcap, a demon said to be one of Satan's henchmen. Redcap made a deal with DeSoulis. If he sated his thirst with the blood of the innocent, DeSoulis would have wealth and power beyond his wildest dreams. How could he possibly say no? With the deal made, DeSoulis quickly went about seeing to his master's needs. He began abducting children from the surrounding villages, brought them to the castle, and ruthlessly slaughtered them. When the villagers put two and two together, they stormed the castle and were horrified by what they found. The corpses of hundreds of children were littered about the castle. Some were drained of blood, while others were dismembered, cut to pieces by the hands of a psychopath. 
When Desulus was found, he was apprehended. And although he was nobility, subject to the justice of the king only, the villagers played judge, jury, and executioner of the wicked lord. As he waited in the cell, the visitors brought a vat of molten lead to a boil. And when the time came, Desulus was dropped in. In his time of need, Robin Redcap abandoned him and justice was served. Unfortunately, Lord DeSoulis' soul didn't go to the lake that burns with everlasting fire made for people such as himself. His spirit haunts the castle, calling out to children to come and play with his special friend, Robin Redcap. Even in death, Lord DeSoulis, the debauched lord, is still twisted and thoroughly evil. I'm Rakeel, and this has been Ghostwatch. Well, I'm disappointed. There was no hermit. There was no crabs. No hermit, no crabs. Only a degenerate who still walks the halls of this crumbling ancient castle in Scotland. Yeah, I've heard this story before. When you sent me the link, I was like, I know that place. Yeah, it's definitely, if, if, if I ever were to make it across the pond, as they say, um, that is definitely a place that I will visit. Well, you know, we got to plan a Shadow Initiative World Tour. Oh, yeah, we'll get t-shirts made and everything. Yeah, I mean, and could you, we, we broadcast from these haunted locations from around the world. See, all we need to do now is either start prostituting ourselves or ripping off banks. I'll go, now, with num- I'll go with number one, dude. I'll have us fully funded in a few days. <laughs> Actually, I was going to put you at number two. Uh, speaking <laughs> of number two. sexiest ghost hunter, self-proclaimed. So, Rick, the Wendigo. Yes. The Wendigo. This is a creature that is just as terrifying, if not more so, than the mad lord that we just spoke of yes yeah and it's no mongolian death worm that's for sure right this is the wendigo and, and there have been so many variations of it um and you know it, again it's hard for me to take anything serious that comes out of canada you know <laughs> oh um oh by the way because of this be sure to send all your hate mail to terry koenig who by the way is a canadian Yes, that's madness1 at gmail.com. Madness1 at gmail.com. So, there you go. Uh, the Wendigo. You know, there have been many films, books, and recently we've got a movie called Antlers coming out. That I saw the uh, trailer for it and was like, whoa. <laughs> yes. It's like, okay, now it looks like we, we might finally be getting the Wendigo movie that it deserves. Now, right, right. now, when you think Wendigo, Rick, what what do you mm-hmm. think? Well, I don't believe the Wendigo is a flesh and blood animal. Uh, you know, I know some people have stated that it's you know kind of a big, kind of a Bigfoot type creature, and others have you know talked about a a creature with you know gnarled limbs and wearing antlers and a star between those antlers, you know, giving off a feeling of pure evil. No, I, I think that if that this is either a, a possessing spirit of some kind or it is just mankind or, you know, normal everyday people 
completely losing their mind due to things like hunger and thirst and going crazy and committing cannibalism. Yeah. I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Right. But the Wendigo, you know, initially, uh, it's Canadian origin. It didn't have the horns and all this other stuff because it's like, (laughs) like every story, one person tells it. Then the next person adds a little flavor to it. And then the next person adds a little flavor, their own twist, you know. And then it hit Native American culture where it almost teeter-tottered on the shapeshifter type mm-hmm. thing with the werewolf and gave it more of a humanoid um, type appearance, you know, where it was uh, not really saying possessed, but somebody turning into this creature right and and again it's like bigfoot every culture has their own you know and and, but there is an actual um psychosis uh diagnosis that they refer to as like a wendigo syndrome wendigo psychosis right and 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 it's it's exactly what you were just saying where your body, your your body chemistry changes to where you're almost vampiric. Like you, mm-hmm. you crave. This is a real thing, folks. You you crave blood and human flesh, and you have no reason wh- as to why. Yeah. But the only way is to kill and eat people. And you know they they've got the religious side of it or the spiritual side of it, whatever you want to call it, that says this person's being possessed. And that's why they're doing that. And then you have the other side of it that just says they have a mental illness, you know. And then you have mm-hmm. the other side of it that says it's some kind of um, biological, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for, Rick? Like, like a, a chemical imbalance. Chemical imbalance, yeah. Yeah, that's not really their fault, you know. That, But it's an actual real thing that has turned mm-hmm. into this creature. You know, that, that this yeah. is, this is, you know, like, like people, it's kind of how I've always felt about 99% of all possession cases, 99% of all possession cases is literally somebody with a mental illness. Correct. You know, schizophrenia or something right, psychosis. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, and nobody's more sympathetic to mental illness than we are, you know? Um, Correct. So it, it, it's, it's a shame because a lot of people died. In the name of yeah. religion, when they probably just needed help, not in that way, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think a lot of these things, you, you don't hear these stories happen now. You don't hear about creatures being created because somebody believes this, that, or the other thing. These are like, again, like we were talking about the the really in-depth UFO sightings are, are half a century ago. Sure. You know, it just doesn't happen anymore, you know, and is that because our technology has changed so much that it's easier to detect They're they're, you know, avoiding us or, or and it's the same with these things. You, something like the Wendigo just doesn't get made up now. Well, you know, when, when, when you said we were going to be talking about the Wendigo, it, it, it immediately excited me because I always think of the story of Swift Runner. Have you ever heard the story of Swift Runner? Swift Runner? Swift Runner. I okay. Don't think so, so Okay, so Swift Runner happened in Saskatchewan, Canada. Again, Canada. In uh, 1879. So 
this was when Saskatchewan, and you know, the area was just was still very much small, and um, you know, sparsely populated. So one day, this uh, this indigenous man, his name is his nickname is Swift Runner. He wanders into town, and he is covered in blood and gore, and he's crying. Not just crying, but he is uncontrollably sobbing telling the people that he's turning himself in saying that I've killed my family. I've killed my six children. I've killed my wife and I've been eating them. Okay. So now people knew Swift runner. Swift runner was very well known because he was a trapper and a guide to the area. And people are like, sure. Thanks Swift runner. We know you're, we know you're good people. Right? So he's like, I swear to God, man, I just did this. So they send uh, people to investigate his claims. And when they walk into his house, they find blood and guts everywhere. There's, there's body parts strewn around. There's body parts that are cooking over a fire. And it's, and it's, it's his entire, he has murdered and is eating his entire family. I have never heard this. Yes, this is, and he claims that the reason that he did this was because it was in the middle of winter and his, him and his family were going hungry. So one day while he was out hunting for food, which was hard to come by at that time because it was the middle of winter, the spirit of the Wendigo entered into his body. And he went back to his home and just slaughtered everyone and started eating them. Finally, he came to his senses and went and turned himself in. After a very swift trial, and, you know, I know Swift Runner Swift, you know, no pun intended. After a very quick trial, they hung him. And he was the first man to ever be hung in that area of Canada. Like, they've never been really big on capital punishment. In right. So he was one of the first people to be hung. And that is one of the signs that they say of the Wendigo, that it happens in the middle of winter. You're really, really hungry, and this debased, demonic, well, for lack of a better term, spirit enters you, and you just go into a feeding frenzy, killing everybody and everything in sight, no matter who they are and eating their body parts. So I, so like, you know, like, like I said at the top of the show, I don't believe that this is a physical animal. I don't believe that this is a Bigfoot type creature. I believe that this is either a psychosis that is brought on by hunger, or this is some kind of um, earth creature that the earth spirit that enters into people and takes them over and just does whatever it pleases. And that's kind of what the, the, you know, what the Cree and the Ojibwa and other indigenous peoples of Northern United States and in Canada have been saying for centuries. They live in fear of this spirit. There you go, folks, with Thanksgiving right around the corner. (laughs) Be be happy. And it's getting cold and windy and snowy. You know, be happy, and, and I hope that you're fortunate enough to be able to enjoy that time with family and you have plenty to eat. Otherwise, you may eat each other. (laughs) So, (laughs) 
which you know you know what now we'll talk about that some other time so guys we we've we've had a, a another great show here we're going to take a quick break come back close out this shenanigan check out this commercial yes rick and i are both authors and this commercial is after this commercial you're going to be like why haven't i read their books probably not but listen to it anyway so we'll be yeah. right back <laughs> Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the geek's guide to the strange and unusual, poltergeists, ghosts, and demons. Bullets, booze, and babes, the haunted history of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. Okay, Rick, we are closing yes. out episode twenty-nine. We're on the cusp of the of our thirties, man. We're on the cusp. I wish. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, I'm I'm 47. You're what 52. I mean, oh, it's yeah, just you're real funny. 44, <laughs> asshole. 44. I'm not I'm even mid 40s yet. Struck a nerve. No, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm embracing getting older, dude. I am embracing it. I enjoy it. That means I got to deal with less crap because I'm just yeah. not going to deal with it. It's like it's it's weird. It's like once you hit forty, it's just like fuck it. Yeah, I'm old and I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> so that's the truth. So guys, you can check us out facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Our podcast, of course, is there. It's at Amazon Music, uh, Apple Music, Stitcher, Spotify, um, wherever you can find us. Um, Rick, what do we got coming up, man? We've got some guests on the way. We do have some guests on the way. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I could tell somebody that we have somebody next week. I'm going to try and get Brian Meisinger, my new boss from uh, U.S. Paranormal Research. That'd be cool. I'm gonna see if, yeah, see if he can come on. So if not, we'll just have another show like this where Stephen bores you. Um, but we have a really, really great guest coming up. We are going to be talking about my second favorite uh, subject in the paranormal. We're going to be talking vampires with Kit Tinsley. Yes. Uh, really looking forward to that one. Uh, vampires, It's they're, they're not just movies. They're not just comic book characters. We have got, you know, historical um, events that have happened down through the ages of people dealing with what can only be described as vampires. So we're going to be talking to him, and he is going to be on the first Sunday of December. And I'm going to try to get the Frog Brothers for that show. The, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it took you a second there, didn't it? Yeah, like the Frog Brothers. I went, oh, old, yeah, I went old school. I went old school yeah, on that one. Went, 
school, yeah. Yeah, man, nobody knows vampires better than the Frog Brothers, man. Oh, well, they had all those comic books. <laughs> and, they, and, and the greatest one-liners in history. You hungry? How about some steak? <laughs> Why am I not surprised you like that? <laughs> Corny dad joke from the 80s. Yes. Hey, man. And it came from a vampire slayer. Mm-hmm. So it's you got to go with it. So, yeah, yep, this has been definitely. great. Um, guys, get in touch with us. You know, something I, I want you all to think about out there. And, Rick, I want you to think about this, too. In preparation for our conversation next week. Okay. Okay. We don't really talk a lot about, uh, how do I put this? Like, like you've heard the phrase, man, you just got to put it out there. You just got to put the vibe out there. You know, yeah. like, like Einstein has even said, you know, if you believe it, you know, if you believe it to be, it's going to happen. You know, that, that kind Law of, of attraction, that, that kind of thought process. Now, what I want you to think about because this kind okay. of scares me a little bit because I've been thinking about it. Okay. Are we on the verge of a major psychic event? And the reason I say that is because hauntings are typically revolved around some kind of depression, anger, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of really strong human emotion. So. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, are we building as the human race towards a very large psychic event because of the state of our world right now? People are without jobs. People are stressed. Corona has killed people we love. This pandemic going on. You know, like Mm -hmm. you've heard, uh, hauntings are on a rise because of the pandemic. It's not that they're on a rise. It's that they were always there. It's just people are just now noticing right more your home more so you're, you you realize oh shit my house is haunted, um, <laughs> but are we on the verge of a major psychic event? That is uh, that is something to consider. Yeah, you know it, it. You know historically people do get interested in the unknown when things are unknown. You know, like you said, you know when when bad things are happening. Um, yeah, wow. So think about that this week. And that, that'll be a good point of discussion next week, is what could possibly happen from that? You mm. know, that's something to think about, because the power of the human mind, and especially the energies, and the electricities, and, and, and the, the connecting with one another, and I mm. know you're a firm believer, I mean, you, you talk poltergeist and, 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 and psychical energy and stuff all the time, so... Yes you know, you really think about that. Well, you know, it, it goes back to what we talked last week with Victoria Monday, mm-hmm. how she said that there's bad times are coming, but some, you know, good times are going to come out of it. Now I know, you know, psychics have been saying that for like ever, but I mean, let's just look around you. Things are kind of fucked up right now, man. And that's so, the thing, depending on who you talk to, like, you know, I, I went to church last Sunday mm-hmm. and of course, the religious sects are saying, hey, this is biblical, what's happening right now. If you look in the Bible, they predicted this. You know, so that's yeah. what religion is saying, that, that we're seeing this Armageddon or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, but then you have other people saying, there's all these theories out there, but they all 
lead to the same thing. Something big is about to happen. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I was uh, so there was something that Maeve uh, we had her on the show a few weeks ago. She put on her page, and I wrote that it's like I have this constant nagging feeling that something is coming. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I know you. I'm, I'm sure you did. Um, but I do. I've been having that a lot lately, and it's it's not a good feeling, but it's also not a bad feeling. It's sort of neutral. Yeah, it's like when when I start pondering the thought, it's not like okay, start let's start loading up on ammo, food. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like one of those type feelings. No, it's, it's like it's not. It's almost like there's going to be some kind of awakening of some sort. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just gonna. It would be fantastic if it was something. I'll even use the word divine to where just everybody's just better. You know, the world just is better from whatever happens. Just everybody feels better, you know? Well, Cena, you know what? And what kind of scares me is, is like NASA has recently said that there is a, you know, a large asteroid that is heading towards, towards earth. Um, It's supposed to, you know, fly past us at, you know, at a distance of 3 million miles sometime in December. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, is it going to hit us? Mm, Who knows? Um, Could it be, you know, could it be bringing something? You know, God only knows, man. But it's like, I, I got to be honest. It's, like I already said, I feel like something's coming. And it's not bad and it's not good. It's just a feeling. Yeah. And, and yeah, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's going to be the apocalypse. I, I don't no, think no, it's no. anything like that. That day will come. Um, not like we've seen. We won't see it. But it, mm-hmm. not like we've seen in, in, in the movies and books. It's just evolution, baby. It is evolution. Yeah. It's just the world changes, and it will. It, and it's, but it's not going to be this overnight thing. Yeah. But we'll, we'll yep. So, with that being said, guys, thanks for hanging out with us for episode twenty-nine. We will be back next week. We've already set the stage for some discussion on psychic behavior, and you know, are we all connected? Can we all make things happen? That power of suggestion, like people always say, the power of prayer. You get a thousand people believing the same thing. Does it make it happen? We're going to talk about that and, of course, a lot of other things. So, Rick, you got anything else to say? No, man, I'm good. It's a great show. Yeah. Great show. We covered a lot today. So, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to go uh, take a nap and... um, Lazy dude, I'm wired now. Oh, you, yeah. you want to do about three more shows, buddy? <laughs> yeah. You got to drinking the uh, Mountain Dew there. That's what's going on. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Another great show, guys. We will see you next week. See you next week. Thanks. <laughs>